My name is Spencer Wilson, and I'm a senior graduating from Polytechnic School. Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 44. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. The Pharisees was astonished to see that he did not first watch before dinner. The Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees, cleanse the outside of the cup of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness, you fools. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also, but give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves. The people walk over them without knowing it. Good morning. My name is Caroline Pecor, and I am graduating senior in, um, from high school this year. Thank you so much for letting me speak to you today. Will you please pray with me? Bring your word near to us, O God. May it rest not only on our lips, but also reside in our hearts. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to respond to your word with our whole lives until you become our dwelling place. Through Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. On March 13th of this year, Brianna Taylor, a 23-year-old black woman, was shot and killed in her home by two police officers. She lived in Louisville, Kentucky, and worked as an emergency medical technician. The officers entered her apartment without knocking, claiming to be responding to a threat. The details of the case are currently being investigated, but one thing is clear. She should still be alive. It is difficult to not think that Brianna's race had something to do with the severity, escalation, and tragedy of the event. There's a pattern in our country of police violence and brutality towards the Black community. Brianna is most definitely not an isolated case. The police are meant to uphold our laws and represent safety and security. I believe that no cop ever wants to or has the intention of taking an innocent life. They are beacons of justice in this country, but they are also human. Some have deep prejudices and biases that continue to hinder their intended fight for justice. In a similar way, in Jesus's time, the Pharisees were seen as the most pious men, yet they continued to make mistakes and neglect to see their own faults before condemning others. Upholding justice is, is difficult work. When one is in a position of power, it is easy to get swept up in the labels and neglect the importance, goal, and truth of their work. In this story from Luke's Gospel, we see Jesus is invited to dinner with a group of the Pharisees. This encounter begins with the Pharisee amazed that Jesus does not wash up before the meal. Jesus is dining with some of the most religiously pious men of his day, men who know and follow every ritual and tradition. When Jesus doesn't wash up, this is the first indication that he has different priorities than these Pharisees. In a way, he is throwing ritual out the door, offending his hosts as a way to illustrate the superficiality of the Pharisees. As they are washing their cups, Jesus says to them, 
You clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. The Pharisees continue to wash the outside of their cups. The cup works as a metaphor for the Pharisees' actions and faith. They devote their time and their energy in selfish ways to their own appearance and standing. They are focused on superficial ideas of knowledge and understanding. They want to be publicly seen as pious. They clean the outside, but forget or neglect the need to focus on the purity of their hearts. Jesus says, woe to you, three times as he describes the fault of these men. Alan Culpepper sees the woes to have two different effects. The first being to show and highlight Jesus's conflict with religious authorities of his day, and the second being a call to readers not to fall into the same traps of false piety. The problem is not the rituals in and of themselves. Jesus does not condemn the rituals or tithing, but rather condemns the way that their focus leads to neglecting justice and a love of God. The Pharisees are caught up in the outward, selfish, and somewhat easy parts of faith. They forget the deeper quest that is a part of being a follower of the Lord. Jesus is pulling us back into a reminder of what is really important, not the way we are seen, characterized, and liked, but that we engage in a selfless fight for the equity of others. I feel myself and the country drawn into arguments about the superficial, just like the Pharisees. Religion is not and should not be aligned with a political ideology or party, but Jesus does make it clear that it should be aligned with radical justice. We politicize the fight for diversity, equity, and inclusion, when in truth, these are a deep and intimate focus of our own God. Jesus denounces our distractions and calls us directly into action. He moves us to action, not for our appearance, but for our responsibility to and love for the creation and people of God. We see that when he says to the Pharisees about the metaphorical cup, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? He reminds us of our creation in the image of God, both outwardly and most deeply inward. In Amos 5, it is written, Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps, but lest let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Again, God is placing the weight of faith not on worship, not on offerings, not on labels, not on prayer, not on ritual, but on the necessity of justice for all. What is more powerful than an ever-flowing stream and the rolling down of waters? This is the image of a powerful cleansing and renewal. This is an invitation to action, a vision of the kingdom of heaven. In my family, at the dinner table, we have a game called Table Topics. It is a box of cards, each with a different conversation starter and a mix of lighthearted and deeper questions. A few weeks ago, one of our cards read, is forgiveness or justice more important? Wow, what a juicy question for a table of differently opinionated, cross-generational, but all Christian individuals. This question spurred on a long conversation, including history, religion, and politics. Some members of my family spoke about their faith and an important call to forgive all people. Some said that forgiveness often blunts the fight for justice, and justice is simply more important. We ended the dinner agreeing to disagree, but I have been thinking about that question ever since. In my exploration of both forgiveness and justice, it seems that one does not come without the other. 
In fact, they are interdependent. Luke 17 verses one through four says, Jesus said to his disciples, occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there's repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times a day and says, I repent, you must forgive. Not only does God believe in radical justice, but in radical forgiveness. When Jesus speaks to his disciples here, it is similar to the way that he spoke to the Pharisees, and it allows us to see both these groups in the same vein. Jesus's repeated message is that we are not to follow in the footsteps of the Pharisees, and yet his own disciples are still flawed, making the same mistakes as the Pharisees, but also in need of forgiveness. We are all constantly in need of forming. Not only does this passage speak about the utter and inherent need for forgiveness, but about the importance of repentance as a part of that forgiveness. The promise of forgiveness comes with the presence of repentance. Jesus asks his disciples to forgive others as well as be aware of and repent of their own sin. Jesus goes so far as to say that one is better dead if they do not forgive, if they let these little ones stumble. Not only are they called to forgive, but the disciples are called to be on guard for a mentality against justice that can be found inside themselves and in the world. They need to be aware of the way that the little ones or the most vulnerable people, vulnerable people in society are subject to oppression, sinfulness, and despair. The forgiveness that Jesus talks about here is a part of the justice he preaches about. It is not one or the other, but true justice stems from forgiveness. This passage reminds us of the cup metaphor from Luke 11. We must clean our own hearts, not just working to fix others. Forgiving ourselves and forgiving one another with repentance and the hard work of equity is a part of justice. I have been especially impacted by the way that lawyer, social justice activist, professor of law and founder of the Equal Justice Initiative, Brian Stevenson, speaks of, and more importantly, acts out justice and forgiveness. His entire life, he has worked with the vulnerable in need of protection. With his staff, he has won reversals, relief, or release from prison for over 135 wrongly condemned prisoners on death row. And that is just a snapshot of his work. Stevenson's life has been chronicled in his book entitled Just Mercy, and a newly made movie starring Michael B. Jordan of the same title. I highly recommend both. In his book, he talks about his journey and the way that his faith influences his work. It is clear that in everything he does, Brian Stevenson shows remarkable compassion for others. He even extends kindness to those participating in the system he is fighting, one that puts innocent people to death and subjects black and brown people disproportionately to incarceration. But he is also deeply committed to changing that system working for a justice system that actually functions in a just way. What grabs me about Stevenson is that his work includes the condemning and calling out of racist systems while also including intense grace for all humans. He does not allow himself to see in black and white categories, but holds the complexity of the world in the work that he does. 
Despite this complexity, he is never distracted from what is right, justice for people of every race. For Stevenson, his work towards dignity and respect for all humans is based in foundations of justice and reconciliation. He understands the brokenness that exists in our world and recognizes the sinfulness of every human being while also honoring and understanding the intrinsic worth of every human being as well. For him, the idea of mercy and therefore forgiveness changes the way that the beauty and humanity is realized. He reflects the rhetoric of Jesus in Luke by making the point that grace for oneself and the world around you gives way for radical justice. Stevenson is much closer to the complex and arduous battle of forgiveness than most people, considering that he works with individuals classified as the most sinful in our society. He believes that the weight of justice is on each of our shoulders and takes that responsibility to heart. In an interview, when asked how his faith informs his work, Stevenson said, we can't celebrate the kingdom of heaven and talk about it and then protect our own comfortable environment. I definitely wanted to be engaged in something that felt redemptive. Jesus said to the Pharisees that they needed to clean their inside, purify their hearts before they could work for justice. And Stevenson lives out this notion. The way that we as a society work to enact justice through punishment is in opposition to the grace of our God. Stevenson gives us a framework for how we can exemplify both mercy and justice in tandem. Jesus's life, mission, death, and ultimate resurrection give us an even clearer picture of how justice is enacted, how we can understand our own call, and the way that we should actually take the tools of forgiveness and justice to change the way people are punished, cared for, and rehabilitated. God calls us to loosen the bonds of injustice, house the homeless, feed the hungry, and clothe the naked, and Jesus acts this out. Jesus represents God's justice and mercy towards us. He reveals, reveals to us a God who loves justice and who challenges us like the Pharisees when we fail to practice it. Not only does he reveal a God who loves justice, but one who actively brings it near to us. Jesus also revealed God's forgiveness. He did that by dying on the cross and rising for us and so reconciling us to God. Jesus is the picture of a justice so complete, it is able to reconcile sin and give grace to the broken. So as we all do our part in flattening the curve, staying at home and praying for the end to this apocalyptic year, I can't help but to think of the thousands of people locked in Los Angeles County jails with no concrete healthcare and no ability to social distance, who have been facing isolation much, much longer than we have. I cannot stop thinking about the grieving families of black individuals shot and killed by po the police in just the last few months. I continue to think about the pain that must be felt by those continuing to work in the public at risk because of a financial necessity. Children without internet or electronics to do their school and those a part of the Navajo Nation who have the highest rates of the coronavirus in the United States. The people on the margins are feeling the heat of this pandemic much more than we could possibly know. So what do we do with the reality of a deeply broken world? Jesus is assembling us to work as hard as we can to participate in building the kingdom of heaven here on earth. He mobilizes his people towards justice day by day. 
And in order to fight for that justice in a concrete way, we must forgive and reconcile. Reconcile the brokenness that is a part of our own humanity and the mistakes of the world that we live in. This is a forgiveness that takes intention, communication, and hard work. Jesus is not calling us to an easy life, but empowers us to work hard for what we believe in. So to return to that one table topic that stumped my family, the question is not justice or forgiveness, but both. We see it in Jesus, we see it in people like Brian Stevenson, and we see it in each other when we are able to enact the justice and forgiveness that God uses to empower us. Amen. <laughs>